the 2022 NFL draft was a whirlwind for so many reasons. I'll break down the picks, what was missed, what was strengthened, and what we do next. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Here we go. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I mean, wide range of emotions from Thursday through the end of Saturday, for me personally. Uh, thanks to everybody who interacts with me on Twitter and everything. Agree, disagree. This is what this is what makes sports fun. Conversation. Some constructive, some not. Conversation nonetheless. I'm going to give you a roadmap through my thoughts about the Hollywood Brown trade, the Trey McBride draft pick, and the two third round picks. That's what I'm going to do today because I feel like that could take up two and a half hours. I'm going to squeeze it into 25 minutes. And the reason why I'm going to construct it that way is there is a lot of nuance to everything that happened this weekend from fans emotions to my reactions to the actual impact of the 2022 roster for the Arizona Cardinals through May 2nd. Sure. The, the the caveat to all of this is there's still time in free agency. Obviously, we don't go to camp for another couple months. This is it, it, like until we get to list season, there's still time in free agency. For, list season is like mid-June, I think, early July. So there's time, okay? I'm not saying, oh, we're driving towards a cliff and there's no road left. That's not what I'm saying. Um. There's a theme that's happened. I'm going to start with the second round pick first. Okay. I know that there was a chart that came out that said the Cardinals got the best value for where they drafted. Cool. That's great. And it doesn't necessarily correlate to building out a full roster. Now go with me here. Giving Zach Ertz $30 million, and I know that it's 17 and a half guaranteed and it's only going to be a two-year deal. That's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the Cardinals giving Zach Ertz $30 million, having Max Williams on the roster, and then drafting a second-round tight end who, yes, sure, the best pass-catching tight end could be the next George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, you know, Antonio Gates. We don't know. We do know. What we do know is the Cardinals had glaring needs elsewhere. So. There's two different schools of thought. One, you don't Darko Milicic it and take the best player available. For those who don't remember, okay, I know I'm getting a little bit older now. LeBron James went first. Darko Milicic went second to Detroit because they already had Richard Hamilton and Tayshaun Prince, so they didn't need a guy like Carmelo Anthony. And then Carmelo Anthony went to the Nuggets third when Detroit should have just taken Carmelo Anthony second and figured it out. And the rest is history. So I get that side of this, okay? But 
what Steve Keim has done the last three years with the top pick that he's had, 2020 first round, 2021 first round, 2022 second round, was draft a player that the Cardinals saw as a talent but didn't necessarily fit into what they were doing at the current time. Now, in the first round, it's a little less defensible because it's the first round. They drafted in the top 17 both of those years. There's great players everywhere, some of whom could have fit into what the Cardinal situation needed more than just and a, a guy like Isaiah Simmons who played everywhere, who they moved inside, who he never played inside before, and then a guy like Zayvon Collins who wasn't super familiar with playing inside, they moved him inside as well. This one, a little bit more defensible. This guy was probably a first-round talent in Trey McBride, okay? It's probably a first-round talent. But because of the run of wide receivers, uh, edge rushers, offensive linemen, you know, uh, interior defensive linemen, and uh, corners, he just kind of slipped. Do I think it was a bad pick? No. That's not what this is about. And I continue to... I, I, people twist words like crazy. That's not what this is about. This is about fit. Now the Cardinals are completely lopsided on offense. Okay. The talent that they drafted was on offense. I'll get to the third round later. Okay. So we're going to get there. They're completely lopsided. And this isn't surprising for the fact that Steve Kime is the overcorrector extraordinaire. Steve Wilkes to Cliff Kingsbury. Defense, defense in the first round of the last two years. Offense, offense, Hollywood Brown, Trey McBride. Like it's, people have tendencies. Steve, Steve Kimes are consistent as gravity. If you look at the roster right now, did they get more talented through the draft? Sure, because they added players. Is it more balanced? Absolutely not. Did they get better in clear need positions? No. And that's what I was pining for via Twitter and other platforms over the weekend. I don't get like I don't get up in arms just to get up in arms. I get up in arms because look at what's in front of you and fill holes necessary. Yes, great. Trey McBride's going to be a great addition. Hollywood Brown's going to be a great addition. That doesn't mean they were the right moves at the time. And that is what separates franchises from good franchises. That Finding good players in a position of need is the goal. Remember when I said the Cardinals didn't deserve to draft a wide receiver 23? They didn't deserve to draft Trey McBride at 55. Now, I'm going to absolutely, and I'm not going to eat my words when he balls out this year. That, that's not That's never been my point of contention with that draft pick, ever. And for the last seven minutes, I've been saying it. So let's, in, let's ingrain this into your minds that, it's not about the draft pick. It's never about Isaiah Simmons. It wasn't about Zayvon Collins. It wasn't about Trey McBride. It was about the inability to build out a balanced roster by drafting position of need. That's what it's about. And that's why I went up in arms. And that's why I don't, for a second, disagree or am, am I going back on what I said. The positions of needs were get the quarterback, stop the run, protect the quarterback. They didn't do any of those in the first two rounds. And that was why I was so up in arms. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Take that for data. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. 
Coming up next, I'm going to talk about the Hollywood Brown acquisition. I did this a little bit. You know, um, again, it's not about the move. It's about the timing of the move. And I will dive into that more next. First, betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Go to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Woo! Feels good. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on Easy Cards. Thanks to everybody who's along for the journey with me. Like what I say, hate what I say. Thanks for being here. Um, this is this is fun. You know, I don't think people in our business, I, I know people do, but people in our business don't say that enough. I've been doing sports radio for 13 years, 12 years, and every time I turn on a microphone, it's as fun. It's as fun, if not more fun, obviously, when there's more positive topics to talk about or when there's team building and when there's, you know, things happening. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks a lot for being along the ride with me. Um, so one little button on the trimming by, trimming by draft pick, trimming by draft pick. He's going to ball out. And Cliff's going to use him probably as an outside receiver a lot. Um, with the addition of Hollywood Brown, they're going to have a lot of pieces on offense that Kyler Murray can utilize. And this was a obviously clear decision by Cliff Kyler or by Steve Keim and Bidwell and Cliff. And I would assume Kyler had some input as well. Um, this is what the future of this team is going to look like. And, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch you hope. I mean, adding James Conner. So you'd think that the rest of the offseason is going to be adding veteran players you know, uh, corners, interior defensive linemen, offensive linemen, because I think they're pretty much set everywhere else at this point if the two third-round picks tend to pan out. You'd like to not have to have that much weight put on two third-round defensive ends. You're going to potentially move outside into the edge-rushing position to um, replicate what what Chandler Jones did, but we'll talk about that next segment. So the Hollywood Brown trade came as a shock to everybody, obviously, including Kyler Murray. Didn't know. Uh, One of his best friends – Obviously, his wide receiver won at Oklahoma, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns uh, in 12 games. I think it was 12 games in college. Um, this is another one where when the trade came down, I'm like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And the reason for this was Hollywood Brown's been in the league three years. Okay, So if my master is me correctly, even though they picked up his fifth-year option, if you think he's going to play into his fifth-year option, if he balls out this year, come on. Come on, Bucko. You know that ain't going to happen. If he has, you know, 70 catches for 13 or 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns this year, you think he's going to play for the $13 million that, he, that he's set to make next year or $14 million? No way. So if that's – so say, say he does, okay, it's a little bit more palatable because it's only – two years less than the control you get from drafting a wide receiver at 23 overall. And obviously the history, and I get it. I understand the reasons why he's on the Arizona Cardinals. If he didn't play with Kyler Murray in college and he wasn't so close with them, he wouldn't be an Arizona Cardinal. So maybe they had to pay a little bit of a premium for him, but like I would have rather traded a second and like Rondale Moore or something. If you're going to bring Hollywood Brown in, 
why not trade a second in Hollywood Brown and, and, and Rondo Moore and keep keep your and keep your first round pick? But they didn't. So Hollywood Brown comes in. Um, I just talked with Kevin Ostreicher from Locked On uh, Ravens. You know, he's got kind of a case of the drop seeds from time to time. But all in all, I mean, he could take the roof off the defense. You can play him inside. You can play him outside. I understand that this offense is going to look fun. It's going to look sexy if Cliff Kingsbury can utilize the talent correctly. Once again, though, good move, wrong time. The Cardinals have so many other needs necessary to fill than wide receiver. Do you realize how many DeAndre Hopkins level players there are in the league? Their wide receiver? Six? Seven? How many NFL teams are there? 32. People that bitch about the Cardinals' talent in the wide receiver position, look around the league. Please, look around the league and see where the Cardinals are at from skill position players on offense and where the bad teams are, okay? Wide receiver was not a top three position of need for the Cardinals. I swear, if A.J. Green, like, if Kyler Murray overthrew A.J. Green and A.J. Green, instead of A.J. Green not turning around against Green Bay, people would be like, oh, they're bringing A.J. Green back? Awesome. People's memories are, the flashbulb memories that people have just baffles me sometimes. But they traded for Hollywood Brown, Kyler's guy. They've got two years of control, you'd think, at this point, And he's going to be a focal point of this offense. The only thing that worries me about this from Marquise Brown's perspective is he was the only receiver they had. You know, Mark Andrews tight end. That He was the only real wide receiver they had. So he was looked for a lot. Eight targets a game last year. A lot. And that was in really, unless they were down, Lamar Jackson seemed to throw the ball a lot more last year than he has in years past because, you know, J.K. JK Dobbins went out. They've had, they had major injuries in the running back spot. And then, obviously, Lamar Jackson got hurt. So you can look at it one of two ways. One, sure, uh, Hollywood Brown could have had 1,500 receiving yards if Lamar Jackson was healthy all, all year last year. Absolutely. And that could have been the case. And this isn't the Ravens. And also, the Cardinals throw the ball a lot more times than the Ravens do, even though there are more mouths to feed. Hollywood Brown's going to get his touches. Hollywood Brown may not get eight, eight, eight targets a game on average. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get eight targets on average during games. So what Cliff Kingsbury needs to do is take all of this talent. Then you're going to have Zach Ertz. You're going to have Trey McBride. You're going to have James Conner. You're going to have you know another running back. There's a lot of mouths to feed. And obviously, A.J. Green's not going to demand the touches that he once did. I don't think he was ever really that because he was always the wide receiver one. So we never really had to worry about it. DeAndre Hopkins, same thing in Houston, even though Will Fuller was with him for a couple of years, I believe. You know, let's just hope Hollywood Brown gets more than five targets a game because remember, he's a first round pick. The Cardinals traded away a first round pick for him. Oh, they got a third for him. Sure. Tell me that every draft pick is created equal. Please, please continue to give me that, to, to give me that argument. Oh, look, the Cardinals drafted an offensive lineman in the seventh round. Oh, he was a, he was a fourth-round grade. Tell me the difference between a first-round and a fourth-round pick. Please, please tell me you know the difference. Please. I beg of you. So Hollywood Brown has certain expectations that come with him flying over from Baltimore. He's got to produce. Well, he knows Kyler Murray. Cool. This isn't college. These are the things that, that went through my head. Like, 
Is Cliff Kingsbury going to be able to elevate his talent? Are we going to see Christian Kirk 2.0 next year? That's my biggest fear, is that he puts up the same numbers that Christian Kirk did last year. Because then you give him a first-round pick for a dude that you could have just re-signed Christian Kirk. And I know it's not – I'm not saying that's going to be the case. But if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't have 1,000 yards receiving next year and eight touchdowns, like, what are we doing here? The, 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 the ticking clock, like, you know that hourglass thing with the sand or whatever the hell it is? It's already halfway through because half of his rookie scale contract is already gone. Two-thirds, 60%. 60%, three-fifths of his rookie contract is already gone. So it's not like you're getting your rookie like, oh, there's time. He needs to learn the offense. No. Let's roll, baby. I thought you guys had rapport. Let's go. And that's going to be like, maybe not initially, but if they're not getting in sync through four or five games in the season, it's going to be like, what are we doing here? Now, do I think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. No. I think they're going to, like, as long as he doesn't use as long as Cliff Kingsbury doesn't use Hollywood Brown as Andy Isabella or Rondo Moore, how we used Rondo Moore last year was a football crime. Football crime. He didn't know how to use them. 11 catches, 50 plus yards in one game. Cool. Jarvis Landry, Miami. Ask him how that worked out. He had one long touchdown catch with Kyler Murray on a broken play against Minnesota. Cool. Tell me that Rondo Moore had a good year last year. Oh, well, DeAndre Hopkins was out. Okay, so what? It's not the first time a wide receiver gets hurt. Rondell Moore, is, he broke, he shattered freshman records in college. So you're saying, so Rondell Moore shattering records in college and then coming to the NFL and not putting up a great year is the same amount of time between Hollywood Brown and the last time Kyler Murray threw him a football. It wasn't the wrong move. It was the wrong time for both the first and second round picks. The Cardinals didn't deserve to draft Trey McBride because they had so many other glaring needs due to the inability to draft in recent years. That's the truth. Look at the roster. The roster is depleted compared to what it should be. They don't have 22 starters right now. That's where got a little hulky over the weekend. But it wasn't because the picks were bad. It was because the timing was terrible. And there were so many other needs necessary on this roster. And I don't understand why others can't see it. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Remember, programming note, for those that aren't on Twitter, the YouTube video will be premiering the night before the audio comes out. So I'm recording this on Sunday during the day. This will post Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific for Monday. So you'll be able to see it the night before. If you listen to it on your way to work or whatever, it's going to be the same time. It's going to be, I post it live at midnight, um, and it just gets strewn about to all the different audio providers. If you like watching, it's going to be the night before at 6 o'clock. I feel like it's, Sometimes better to do it that way than have it at 10 a.m. in the middle of a workday. Um, yeah. So, cool. Alex Lancey, Locked on Cardinals, coming up next. Um, what about the rest of the draft? We'll talk about it. Um, got better. Got better. And I'm going to make one last proclamation about the second round pick as we kind of start to slowly go into the third, sixth, and seventh rounds. That's next. Locked on Cardinals, first built bar.
Um, the best part about Built Bars is they're healthy. Mm. And they taste good. And they're covered in chocolate. And there's not a lot of calories. And there's not a lot of sugar. And there's not a lot of carbs. And there's a lot of protein. They've got these puffs that are protein-infused marshmallow. Chocolate covered also. Banana cream pie. Churro. You know? They've got, like, different flavors. Um, raspberry double chocolate. I mean, like, these things aren't, you know, like, ooh, mint. Yeah, eat that side of the wall. Get your protein. You'd rather make a seven-course meal in the morning for breakfast than eat that. Not the case with Bilt Bar. Um, so just remember, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, all covered in chocolate. Okay, that's like – so. There were blind taste tests that was done with candy bars and 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 uh, Bill bars. Bill bars won. So instead of thirty grams of sugar and two hundred forty calories in a candy bar, I don't think there's any protein. It's like negative protein. Uh, Duns and net carbs. Seventeen grams of protein, one hundred thirty calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs. Go to Bill.com to get all your favorite flavors. Uh, use promo code LOCK15 and get fifteen percent off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for fifteen percent off at Bill.com. All right, so. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Thank you to everybody who checked out the live stream on the Locked On NFL channel. Uh, I made a couple appearances there and may have quoted Half Baked twice. I may have made fun of Peter Bukowski's lack of socks, um, but it was a good time. And uh, they did a great job. Ross Jackson produced the whole thing. Well, one of the producers, Ali Bronson. Another great producer that we have, Locked On Podcast. Now, we're so lucky to have people that are so much better at things than I am. It makes it very easy for me just to turn on a microphone and spew into it for 25 minutes about the Cardinals. So thanks to everybody who was included out there. Crocker and Ryan Tracy from Locked On NFL Draft. Um, yeah, they did a great job. Okay, so Cardinals trade for Hollywood Brown. Good move, wrong time. Cardinals draft Trey McBride. Great move, definitely wrong time. Um, and... The reason why I say that, and like, listen, this isn't going to, again, once again, not going to be me eating my words. If he balls out, that's great. I still think the Cardinals should have drafted a corner or an interior offensive lineman or interior defensive lineman at 55. But it's obvious that Steve Kime, the overcorrector extraordinaire, was going to go offense this year when he went defense in his top two picks in the last two rounds. Moving on. Well, and one last thing that I, that I forgot that I said I was going to say. So the Cardinals draft Trey McBride at 55. I was screaming, screaming for two names. Um, one of whom had a third round grade for a while and then was shooting up draft boards, uh, who ended up being taken at 61 by the 49ers, edge rusher Drake Jackson from USC. So not only are the Cardinals, did the Cardinals not draft Drake Jackson, but also they're going to be playing against Drake Jackson alongside Fred Warner for the next maybe decade interdivisionally. So we'll see how that pans out. And we're going to get a first row shot to see how Drake Jackson does as a pro. So the Cardinals did fill some needs as they moved on into the draft. Their two third round picks, 87 Cameron Thomas, defensive end San, uh, San Diego State. I guess they're going to play on the outside of, uh, of the 3-4 defense, okay? And then Majai Sanders, more of an edge rusher from Cincinnati. Okay, box is checked. Uh, and then I'm going to implore you, please, just know that the numbers one and six aren't the same. Know that the numbers one and seven aren't the same. Drafting players in the sixth round and drafting players in the first and second round 
aren't the same. Yes, there's going to be some Elijah Mitchells out there. There'll be some Tom Brady's out there, sure, in the sixth round that are going to – and I'm not comparing Elijah Mitchell to Tom Brady. Those are the first two that came to mind. But please don't say the Cardinals got their position of need by drafting somebody in the sixth and seventh round with compensatory picks. Just please don't do it. Please do better. So they get a running back, Keontae Ingram, out of our, out of uh, out of USC. Played at Texas for three years. Um, uh, the guard Smith from Virginia Tech, uh, who I watched him tape on. He's he's a mauler. A uh, Christian Matthew, DB from Valdosa State. So he played at Georgia Southern, uh, Fordham, I think, and Valdosa State. Valdosa, like the NFL, ESPN.com didn't even have anything on this kid. So Steve Kime went Steve Kime on that. Um, we got a linebacker out of Penn State, another guard, Marquise Hayes, out of Oklahoma. So, there's that. Um, I don't know. I don't have any deep insight onto Christian Matthew from Valdosta State. I don't. Sorry. Wrong podcast for that. I don't know if there is a right podcast for that besides the one that his his friends run. Um, you know, overall, the draft was fine. Okay? The, the whole graph, I can't remember who put it out, but I saw it on Twitter, the whole graph about the Cardinals having the best value for the picks that they made, that didn't mean they had the best draft. The best draft means something different to every organization. There's, It's not a blanket statement. Not every team has specific needs that are similar to the team next to them. The Cardinals started 7-0 and 10-2 and last year and were unceremoniously removed from the playoffs after embarrassing performance against the eventual Super Bowl champions. That's what happened, okay? So if you think drafting a tight end in the second round and trading for a wide receiver who's been fine through the first three years but not great, giving up your first-round pick, We'll see. We'll see. But as of right now, they are very heavy on offense. And besides the offensive line, not so heavy on defense. And we'll see what they do to fill out the roster. They're still, I'm going to run down the uh, free agents that are still out there, especially in the secondary and edge rushing position and interior defensive line. There's still some names out there that can be had. The player's a little bit older, but I feel like, with the infusion of young talent over the last couple of years on defense with the Cardinals, they just need some tutelage. And um, there are some players out there that can be had and the Cardinals can still go after. Uh, I will talk to you about that tomorrow. I was Clancy locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you then.